prepare to experience the strongest radio allowable by law. Secrets will be revealed. Myths dispelled. From the studio gym where excuses never apply. It's Superhuman Radio with your host, Carl Lenore. Welcome back to another episode of Superhuman Radio. Today is February 5th, 2020. For those of you listening to the show 100 years from now and realizing that we were way ahead of the curve. Uh, our title sponsor is Legendary Foods. You know they just came out with the new Tasty Pastry. It makes eating a Pop-Tart-like pastry uh, good for you. Nine grams of protein, uh, three to four grams of impact carbs. A wonderful product. But also, don't forget, Legendary Foods has amazing nut butters. My favorite, I keep it on my desk, is the apple pie. You know, sometimes I just want something that tastes decadent. A spoonful of that, and I'm happy. Go to eatlegendary.com, Legendary Foods, uh, the best snack products out there today if you're concerned about what you eat. So... We have been doing a lot of shows uh, recently about different modalities of uh, both uh, determining biological age as well as uh, maybe affecting biological age. My guest today is Dr. Brian Kennedy. Uh, He is the former CEO of the Buck Institute on Research and Aging and also currently uh, the Center of Healthy Aging uh, over at the National University of Singapore. Welcome to the show, Brian. Oh, thanks. Thanks for inviting me. And thanks for being here because you're in Singapore right now. What time is it? Like 10.30 at night right now? Yeah, it's 1 in the morning. So uh, I'm going to do my best to be coherent. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry because we both know how important sleep is for aging. And we're, <laughs> I'm, taking, I'm taking a couple months off your life today. So thank you very much. Okay. I'm not going to measure my biologic age tomorrow. Don't worry. And let's start with that. <laughs> let's start with this whole uh, concept of biologic age. You know, this is a, it's a very new... Uh, metric, if you will, you know, uh, uh, you're, you're, I'm 61, uh, soon to be 62, but maybe my biological age is 54. If I'm lucky, it's not 65. But t- to talk about that a little bit, expand on this whole concept. What are we looking at? What markers are we looking at? Yeah, I think it's a fascinating discovery. You know, we, we tend to talk about the idea, the discovery that there have been many interventions that may slow aging, and I'm sure we'll come to that. But the other side of the coin is the discovery of ways to measure aging, and I think that's absolutely critical. You know, your passport's great at measuring your chronologic age. The problem is that we all know that people age at different rates, and there's been a lot of effort over the years to try to figure out how to measure that. People started by looking at individual factors in the bloodstream, like inflammatory factors or metabolic factors, but none of them really uh, give you an accurate prediction at at the level of a biomarker. What we really want is something that will predict mortality, that will predict onset of disease and functional decline, and that will be responsive to interventions. So if we take an intervention that slows aging, it should slow or reverse the progression of a biomarker. And what's happened over the last five to ten years, starting with uh, the methylation clock and um, Steve Horvath and Greg Cannon and others, is that people have started looking at uh, very deep data sets, uh, in this case, uh, the methylation pattern of the DNA throughout your genome, uh, and using artificial intelligence and large numbers of individuals to try to 
let machine learning approaches calculate uh, a, a biologic age. So that's something that's close to your chronologic age, but diverges. And so, for instance, I just did a, a, a methylation clock for my mother. I haven't told her yet. Uh, she's 80, and it said that she was 69. So hopefully what that means is that biologically she's only 69 when chronologically she's 80. And, oh, God um, bless her. That's great. Uh, yeah, well, I hope so. So uh, I think that none of these clocks, and I mentioned only one of them so far, are validated. Uh, but a lot of them are looking really good. And I think it's critical as we start to test interventions. We have to have things to measure to indicate whether these interventions are really slowing aging or not. So, uh, yes, you know, yesterday it was telomere length. Now we understand that Length may not be the answer, but the rate in which telomeres shorten may be more important to know. Um, we have uh, people like Daga Mikkel Blagascloni, who's been on the show a few times, <clears throat> talking yeah. about senescent cells. Um, and now we add methylation. Uh, do, do, we, do these triangulate? Do these, like when you start looking at methylation, do you see, oh, yeah, look, you know, it corresponds with what we understand about senescent cell accumulation or anything like that? Yeah, I think I think all of these aging pathways tri uh, triangulate. Uh, we wrote a paper about five years ago, uh, looking at seven pillars of aging, and um, of that we included epigenetic mechanisms, which would include the methylation and the telomeres. Uh, we included inflammation, and senescent cells are a big driver of inflammation, and also metabolism and, and other factors. But the key issue really was how interconnected they were. And, and the way I think of aging is not so much that there's one thing driving aging, but rather that you have a, a, a sort of a homeostatic network in the body that uh, functions to keep you uh, disease-free, keep you functional, compensate for the damage that's occurring as you get older. And if you get enough insults to that network, the equilibrium falls apart, and then you spit out of control, and depending on what direction you go, you start getting these diseases of aging. And so... Really, I think that what we're doing in these interventions is we're touching on these nodes that control many different pathways of aging, uh, and we're basically preserving the network longer, and that keeps people healthy and functional. So when you look at rapamycin or, or ways to kill senescent cells or metformin or, or alpha-ketoglutarate that we're studying uh, with uh, PDL, I think that all of them are probably doing – specifically acting through different mechanisms, but at the end of the day, they're preserving that network. And we're going to get into alpha-ketoglutarate because that's the interesting yeah. molecule we're going to really be focusing on today because it, it really is. Uh, when I've, you know, I, I listened to um, one of your TED Talks. I've listened to a couple things in preparation for the show. And I was like, oh, wow, I need to be taking this. <laughs> because, you know, yeah. I, no, really, I, I you know, I, um. I don't believe every supplement in the world should be taken, but I do think that there's evidence that certain things are very beneficial. And uh, with that being said, uh, you know, Aubrey de Grey was all about mitochondria. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, uh, Dr. Blagoscloni is all about uh, senescent cells. I, I, have a, I have a different opinion, and, and I'm going to throw this at you to see if this intersects with your work. Sure. I believe aging is the result of the bioaccumulation of metabolic debris. One of them is iron. 
Uh, if you look at no. iron, it does everything from impair glucose tolerance and insulin sensitivity to uh, hyperinflammatory response to uh, destroying tissue directly because of its presence. So when you look at your work, and we're going to be talking about alpha ketoglutarate here in a minute, does, 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 is there a, a component of this that says, yeah, we can actually start to reduce the load of metabolic uh, debris buildup? Yeah, I think another way of, I think we're saying the same thing. What happens when this, you know, equilibrium breaks down is that uh, you can't easily coordinate the thousands of different metabolic reactions that are going on in your cell, cells. So what happens is some metabolites decline with age, and you can say alpha-ketoglutarate goes down with age, and also uh, NAD goes down with, with age, which is another uh, metabolite that's linked to the aging process. Other things like... Uh, uh, iron and, and other uh, minerals accumulate. So it, it's really um, uh, probably a, 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 basically it's a loss of the normal levels of these different metabolites. And ultimately that's driving all kinds of different chronic conditions and diabetes for sure, cardiovascular disease, it's linked to that. Even Alzheimer's is associated with some of these things. So um, I think we're, we're looking at the at two sides of the same coin here when we talk about this. So let, let's get into alpha-ketoglutarate, uh, because I've heard of alpha-ketoglutarate uh, as a uh, form of an amino acid that's designed to increase nitric oxide production, and that is uh, uh, one of the uh, uh, arginine, uh, I think it was alpha-ketoglutarate. Yeah. Um, the alpha-ketoglutarate that you've been studying is a, a form of calcium alpha-ketoglutarate, Correct. Yeah, uh, and uh, uh, we have some reason to believe that this calcium-linked form may have more activity with respect to aging than some of the other versions of AKG that you can get, and we're actively trying to demonstrate that now with a number of mammalian studies on lifespan and health span and looking at frailty. Um, I, I think of it as a metabolic flexibility molecule. Really what it does is help uh, convert between carbohydrate metabolism and amino acid metabolism. So if you want to break down amino acids, you need alpha-ketoglutarate for that. And it's also a TCA cycle component, so it can feed into uh, through the TCA cycle and generate energy through mitochondria. You can use it for a whole range of different pathways. And so when this molecule is going down with age, it, that crosstalk between amino acid catabolism and carbohydrate metabolism is not as easy to do in cells. And so cells are exposed to different concentrations of nutrients all the time, and they have to use those nutrients to make the, the building blocks they need to function. And if you can convert easily between one type of nutrient and another, it's a lot easier to do that. So by restoring AKG, we think that that's you know, maybe may one of the big factors that we see to, that for the reason it promotes healthy aging. Do we see a reduction in alpha-ketoglutarate? Okay, so the word keto jumps out, right? The keto yeah. diet and ketones and ketone salts and uh, yeah. ketone esters, it's all the rage today uh, because we understand yeah. that the body can run on a couple different uh, energy substrates, ketones being one of them, glucose being one of them. Do, do you think there's mm -hmm. any linkage between... The production of alpha-ketoglutarate, which there is a beta, but it's less produced, but the, yeah. the production of alpha-ketoglutarate uh, in the diobese model where glucose is always available, regardless of whether it can get into tissue, is that impairing some of the production of alpha-ketoglutarate in the average American? 
Uh, we, we don't really know the answer to that. We know that the levels of alpha-ketamine glutarate are going down with age, uh, and we're trying really hard to be, understand the mechanisms for that. You know, I think that it's interesting uh, parallels with uh, the ketogenic diet, which has become so popular. And, and you know, I, I think that when you talk about ketogenic diets and, and, and healthy aging, a lot of it may depend on how you get to ketogenesis because there's, you know, there, there's one way to do it by fasting and reducing calorie intake. Uh, and that's probably a healthy way to get to a ketogenic state in your body. Um, or maybe periods of uh, altered diet where you alter macronutrients to promote ketogenesis may be good. I don't know if long-term chronic ketogenic state is a good thing. No, we've, so, we've, we've actually done a show on that. And we've shown yeah. that it has the ability to change uh, microRNA and germ lines and alter. Like, like I, I, I said vocally on the show that if you're planning on having a baby, it's not good to be like constantly in ketosis because yeah. what, you, what you do is you're sending a signal to the building blocks of that baby that the environment is this way. Yeah. And the baby is going to be born to take advantage of the environment, and that environment isn't going to be there when the baby is born. So, no, you're absolutely right. I, I, and, and, and another thing that's interesting, so we actually have people out there with ketone meters, and it's like a pissing contest. Oh, I'm 2.5 millimoles. You know, if I, I stop eating, <coughs> excuse me, I stop eating at 6 p.m. When I get up in the morning around 5, 5.30, I'm already producing a half a millimole. That's more than enough. Yeah. That's more than enough. Yeah, and I think these these time-restricted feeding approaches or, or intermittent fasting approaches, I think, are showing a lot of promise for a lifestyle change you can make that may promote healthy aging. So, um, I, you know, I think that's a, a safe approach that may be very effective for a lot of people. Have you looked at alpha-ketoglutarate endogenous levels in people who are in ketosis, and I mean in ketosis, I don't mean ketolysis where you're taking ketone salts. I yeah. mean, your body is actually responding to conditions by producing ketone. Do we see an upregulation in alpha-ketoglutarate? Well, that's a fascinating question. I don't think it's been looked at by anyone. Uh, we're just, importantly, I think that for the, for the you know, I, when I started thinking about supplements, let me take a step back and I'll come to that answer. Uh, I, I feel like that the, the anti-aging industry and the supplement space is really large, and most of what's out there really hasn't been tested. Uh, we don't know the quality of the material and the product. And at the same time, however, I think there's a huge potential because you know it's still very hard to imagine how you're going to get a drug approved to treat aging uh, because aging is not a disease. They don't believe in disease, right? Right. So. Supplements have a lot of potential, and what we wanted to do was to really inject science back into this and say that this don't give up on the supplement space, but this actually do some tests and try to validate what's working and what isn't working. Uh, and that's how we sort of came to this uh, rejuvenate product. Um, we started in worms, testing different combinations of natural products and then took combinations that were successful and moved those to mice. Uh, showed uh, that some of these could not only extend lifespan but dramatically reduce frailty. So we would argue they're compressing morbidity. Uh, and now they're available for, for humans to take. And we're continuing to test new combinations to try to improve the product as we go forward. Uh, I think what's important, though, now is we're also doing clinical studies. And, um, 
There are clinical studies being done in the U.S. that are sponsored by the company uh, on the combinations, and we should know something in the next year. And then in Singapore, we're looking specifically at the Life AKG product, uh, the time-release AKG, because at that for this study, I wanted to get more mechanistic and try to really understand specifically what AKG is doing. And, and one of the things we need to do is look more carefully at AKG levels uh, in humans under different conditions, and that's something that's in the is being planned. But we, we, I really can't answer your question at the moment. Okay, so I just put the slide up of uh, a mouse uh, study uh, that yeah. you did, uh, and the controls obviously look horrible, right? They, 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 yeah. they, they, they look like someone shaved them a little bit, but with with bad <laughs> a bad eyesight. I, prom- I promise we didn't do that. <laughs> no, I know. But I mean, and the ones on the left look, you know, they look very youthful. They have nice full coats yeah. and shiny. I would imagine yeah. their activity level was higher. One of the yeah. acid tests for me of, you can call it biological age or uh, an indicator of longevity is libido because we have one job on this planet and that's to create an offspring yeah. and then ev- evacuate. And quite often the loss of libido is one of the earliest signs, the canary in the mine, that something is wrong. And so did the rodents who were receiving the uh, alpha-ketoglutarate uh, uh, on the left who looked so much younger, did they also portray more youthful tendencies to, to, to mate, lordosis, anything like that? Well, we didn't test mating in that study, but we're now going back and doing that in Singapore. Uh, and I think there, uh, one of the reasons we're doing it is that you know women, especially in Asia, are having less babies and they want to put more emphasis in work and they actually they want to uh, have uh, have their first children much later in life and so uh, we've started thinking that some of these interventions that may slow aging may also prolong reproductive fertility in women uh, and so we're again uh, starting in the mammalian studies in mice to see what's happening with AKG and other longevity interventions both in males and females to try to see if they are uh, improving fertility with age. I think it's another fascinating question, but you have to look specifically at that in the animals as they age, and and we wanted to focus specifically on the frailty and the longevity to start with. So talk about this study. I just put the title up, Alpha-Ketoglutarate, an endogenous metabolite, extends lifespan and compresses morbidity in aging aging mice. Talk about how was the study designed, first of all? Yeah, so uh, we wanted to uh, start uh, at the mice at 18 months of age with treatment. And I think that's critical because the way we imagine um, doing human studies is not to give a 15-year-old uh, a longevity intervention. We right. want to start with people that are in middle age that are healthy still, but maybe at risk of disease, uh, uh, not yet sick, but starting to get concerned. So that would be sort of 50-year-olds, 55-year-olds, healthy 60-year-olds or even later. Uh, and so we ter- chose eight mice of the uh, relatively the same age range. And then uh, we wanted not just to look at survival. I mean, I still think that survival is the gold standard to measure aging in mice. Uh, however, it's critical to understand how healthy these mice are. And Susan Howlett and colleagues published a frailty index about uh, six or seven years ago now that is a correlate to the human frailty indices that are done. Uh, it measures about 31 different components of frailty. And what we like about it is that it's really almost almost non-invasive. We're not like anesthetizing these mice and doing micro-CTs and things like that, which 
uh, stress them out and shorten their lifespan. Right. We're doing simple observational studies, coat condition, hair color, kyphosis, which is curvature of the spine. And it, it, there's 31 total things. And when you measure all of these and look at the change over time, you get a composite change in the frailty of the animal. And what we were surprised to see is that the AKG or the calcium AKG could really reduce that frailty. So it had a bigger effect on reducing frailty than it did on survival. And that's why we argued for compressed morbidity. We're really seeing that the animals stay healthy for a very, very long time. And then at the very end, they just kind of crash and burn. Uh, and uh, I think that's kind of what we want to do. We want to be healthy as long as possible and have a limited period of morbidity at the end. So. And we, we talk about that on the show all the time, the, the sick aging phenotype, which is common today. You know, uh, I don't want to live to be 90 and spend the last 20 years of my life uh, in, in a wheelchair, in a diaper, facing the wall in an institution. I, I want to die. I want people to say, uh, at 90 years old, did you hear Carl Lenore died? He was running for the bus, or he was at the gym training. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to just fade away in some institution. So that speaks to the frailty mechanism, doesn't it? Absolutely, and it speaks to the whole concept of aging research. You know, the the idea that we need to stop doing sick care and start doing health care for a change. You know, right now, we're very bad at preventative medicine, especially in the U.S. They're not very good at telling people how to have a healthy lifestyle. It's getting better, but not very slowly. Uh, and typically, people don't go to the doctor until they're sick, and then they have some complex chronic condition that's hard to treat. And so we spend more and more money treating them, and, and often we don't bring them back to health. And so we keep, we keep them alive longer, but we keep them sick longer. And look, if I get sick, I want to be treated too. I'm not against treating disease. Right. But, but I'd, I'd much rather just not get the disease in the first place. And that's really what aging research is about, is how do we – develop interventions that keep people healthy longer and keep them disease-free and keep them functional longer. And it's not just about preventing disease. We want to, we want you to be able to catch that bus when you're running for it. So the nervous system has become a, a big focus of mine. Um, and, and because a lot of the, uh, a lot of the things that we associate with advanced aging, slowing down, you know, gait changes, balance changes, uh, digestive changes, organs start to uh, function at lower levels. A lot of them can yeah. be traced back to the wire harness. You know, if you if have any of us, I, I had a I had a sixty seven uh, Triumph GT, and it had a horrible problem with the wire harness. That when I made a hard left turn, my headlights mm -hmm. would blink. You know. And and that kind of happens, yeah. That kind of happens to the human body over time. You know, we there's demyelination, there's small fiber degradation. Uh, we don't walk as well. So, talk about is there any evidence in the rodent study that the the nervous system was preserved? Uh, again, I, I th we tried not to be terribly invasive with these mice because we wanted to focus on the frailty and the survival. What we're doing now is going back and treating mice with uh, calcium AKG and then uh, dissecting them after a period of treatment and beginning to look in much more detail at specific tissues. And, and uh, obviously the brain is somewhere we want to focus and also on, uh, on, on neuromuscular junctions because it has a big impact on muscle function with age. Um, there's reason to believe that AKG is helping the muscle. Uh, so that's intriguing. And, and one other thing that's really come up with brain aging that 
people weren't thinking about a decade ago is that there's a lot of senescence in the brain. Uh, the uh, astrocytes and glial cells particularly have a tendency to become senescent, and then they secrete inflammatory factors that are probably dramatically impairing the neurons' function. So uh, we've seen uh, reason, pretty good, well, strong evidence that AKG is anti-inflammatory, and I think uh, pretty strong evidence as well that it can block the SASP that senescent cells have. So the secretory profile that these senescent cells have that promote inflammation seems to be blocked by AKG. So um, it, there's reason to believe we're going to see beneficial effects of the brain based on those two observations. But we really need to go in and do the histology and verify that. I want, I want to put this up for the listeners uh, because there is a product called Rejuvent, and there's, it's a, for men and women, right? There's this di- a different yeah. – one is for men and one is for women. And so right. uh, I was um, lucky enough to receive a bottle of each, one for me and one for Elisa, as well as blood tests, you know, the Wattman blotters. I can tell they're, they're blood tests to evaluate my, um, my, my uh, biological age, I would imagine. What, what is the blood test going to look at? When I when I do Actually, my blood, it's a, it's a saliva test. You're even luckier. So, um, so it's looking at methylation of certain sites in your genome. So it's a, I, I would say it's a modified methylation clock that uh, this company called Trumi looks at, it, and they've chosen specific methylation sites so that they don't have to look at the whole genome. They can look specifically at a limited number of sites, and that makes it easier to do the analysis in saliva. So you have cells and DNA in your saliva. It's just harder to get as much of that material as you can get from blood. But what's great about it is you can send out a, 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 an envelope with a piece of paper, and it's very easy for people to put some saliva on that paper and mail it back in. So it's stable once you send it in. And it's and so we're excited about that assay because it, it's much more user-friendly for the consumer. Uh, and so you, you can predict your biologic age, but it's predicted from a more limited set of uh, methylation sites in the genome. Okay, I, I, and we have a comment I'm going to put up before we take our first break, but I wanted yeah. to let the audience know that uh, my audience is getting a ridiculously reduced price on this product. If they go to GetRejuvent.com, if they use the code SHR, by using the Get Rejuvent link, you will re- you'll be taken to a page where you already have $50 off the product. This is unheard of. This is, this is not an index by... Google page. This is just for my audience. On top of that, the folks there were gracious enough to say the code SHR saves you another $10. It's $60 off of your first bottle and you can try it. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited because um, I worked on a vitamin D supplement many years ago and I wanted people to test before and after because I wanted to show that my vitamin D supplement worked. 99.99% 99.99% of the products, the supplements that people buy today, first of all, they don't even know if they're deficient because they didn't test, and they don't even know if the supplement's working because they didn't test. So this is a supplement that you can use, and you can test before and after you use it and determine whether or not it's working for you, which in my humble opinion, in the vast sea of supplement companies out there, is a very noble approach. So the folks at uh, Get Rejuvent sent me the analysis uh, so I can do before, and they're going to send me the after, after I get through my first bottle. Do you think I'll actually see something in just one bottle, Brian? 
I, I, I'm not sure you'll see something that quickly. I mean, in the mice, we're seeing stuff in three to four months, and and we have a lot of people uh, providing uh, anecdotal data that are taking it, and and I, I would say that uh, maybe a, a three month time frame is something that's more reasonable to see differences. Uh, um, you know, we're excited about a lot of the anecdotal findings that people have, uh, and I just hope that we can validate that in the clinical studies with the controls and everything, because I, I think it'll be a really striking set of findings if we can, if it, if it proves out in a, in a more controlled study. But people seem to report more energy, um, some people reporting dark hair coming back, um, which is something we saw in the mice. Uh, and uh, but again, these are individual reports, and and uh, that'll save me a of, lot of money on hair dye. <laughs> I, think, I think one of the things we want to do at this company, and and certainly the research in my lab, is to let's put the science and the validation behind these supplement approaches, and, and uh, so we're do, we're going all out to try to uh, with the resources we have to try to validate that these things are working. So um, Stelio just uh, posted. Uh, about a study. Developmental investigations have shown that AKG greatly extends lifespan, but reduces also fecundity, which I guess is fertility in fruit flies. Fecundity, yeah. 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 So, what, what are we? Is it because it's fruit flies? Do we? That's why I said did the did the libido, you know, the the, the want the desire yeah. to mate occur in the rodents. What what about that one there with the, with the fruit flies? Um. I don't know that specific study. I, I think that the studies that have been looked at in mammals, uh, at the dosing levels we're looking at, there's no reports of any loss of fecundity. Uh, again, we have to go and look at that specifically and quantitatively in the, in the studies that we're doing now. But I would not expect that the doses that we have, you would see any effect like that. Well, especially well, here, well here's, a, here's an easy question, right? If we apply a little critical thinking, right? So... Mm -hmm. If levels of AKG endogenously are higher when we're young, and we mm -hmm. also have higher libido when we're young, mm -hmm. so clearly endogenous AKG isn't lowering libido. If it's higher when we're young and it's lower when we're old, and libido is higher when we're young and it's lower when we're older. Well, that that's a that's a reasonable hypothesis, but that doesn't mean. I mean, theoretically, if you take anything to too high levels, it can have harmful impacts. So, uh, I, I don't think, however, we're we're dramatically increasing the levels above youthful uh, levels of AKG. What we're really trying to do is restore the lost levels that are happening with age, and so. You know, if people in their forties and fifties are taking this, uh, we're, we're certainly getting no. Uh, reports of reduced libido, I think that would be something we Yeah, think. I think people would tell you about that. <laughs> so D Doug Lynch is the guy who enabled me to get uh, some of the product, and he is saying uh, people are different, but uh, the average time for response is four to six months. Okay. So in so. four to, you know, and that's reasonable because in four to six months, if you don't see anything, then you stop buying it, you know, yeah. and maybe look to some other reason why you're not feeling well. Yeah, I mean, it's, it takes time to restore changes that are happening with age. And, and so I, I think to expect to see something in the first month is um, optimistic. <laughs> yeah, uh, I want to uh, take our first commercial break. I've got lots more questions. We're talking with Dr. Brian Kennedy. Very, very, I got to tell you, I'm so excited to have you on the show because your body of work in uh -huh. the area of aging, uh, you're, you're really top of the food chain in, in this silo. 
and I, I respect your 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 opinion uh, greatly as a result of that. So this this is really a lot of fun. We're going to take one quick commercial yeah. break. Uh, when we come back, we'll have more of Superhuman Radio. Stay tuned. We shall return, and we'll get all of your questions answered. I promise. Stay with us. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Growing older. Sadly, for many, it can mean losing your independence and trading your home with a lifetime of memories for a bed in a lonely nursing home. But now there's Rejuvent, the science to resist aging. Each of us has two ages, a physical age and a biological one. We can't slow our physical age, but thanks to our breakthrough in longevity research, you can now take control of your biological age with Rejuvent Life Tabs, powered by Life AKG. Life AKG is critical for powering cellular energy, supporting detoxification, preserving DNA integrity, and lowering sources of oxidative stress. And that can mean more vitality and stamina in the years to come. Backed by over 20 years of research, Rejuvent is the science you need to resist aging. Rejuvent Life Tabs. It's about life. It's about health. It's about time. Hey, this is Carl. To learn more and save 10% off, go to GetRejuvent.com. That's Get R-E-J-U-V-A-N-T dot com. Use the code SHR and get 10% off your first order. Check it out. You've heard about blood flow restriction training since 2006 on SHR, but you're still on the fence. Well, here's the push. BFR is more effective at building muscle than anabolic steroids. That's right. I went there, but it's because it's the truth. My experience with the B-Strong blood flow restriction system is proof to me, and now I'm asking myself why I waited so long. You'll see undeniable changes in the targeted muscles in days and weeks like nothing you've ever tried before. I will never stop using them. Give Be Strong a try. Go to B-S-T-R-O-N-G dot training forward slash super hyphen human and use code SHR for 10% off. Quest Nutrition makes bars, cookies, chips, and pizzas out of complete dairy-based proteins. Our products minimize net carbs and sugar without sacrificing taste. Each delicious chocolate-flavored chip, cookie chunk, and crunchy crumble is custom-made to maintain Quest macros. It's time to enjoy foods that work for you, not against you. It's time to enjoy your Quest. New Mass Pro Synthogen X2 just upped its own legendary game. To distance itself even further from the rest of the pack, Synthogen X2 now has double the key active ingredients. If you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like, Synthogen X2 delivers. See why others compare it favorably to power Powerful bodybuilding drugs at synthogen.com. Mass Pro Synthogen. When you train with it, you'll gain with it. Do you remember those delicious toaster pastries you had when you were a kid? You know, the rectangular sugar-filled snacks? Well, guess what? Legendary Foods has just made low-carb toaster pastry. This is the first of its kind, and honestly, these things are amazing. They have three to four net carb, less than one gram of sugar, and nine grams of protein. You can eat them right out of the wrapper or lightly toast them. The only question is, which flavor? Strawberry or brown sugar cinnamon? They're available at eatlegendary.com and Amazon. You've heard me talk about the chill pill on the show and how effective it is at helping people who suffer from social anxiety or sometimes when you just want to take the edge off uh, to a long, stressful day. Well, listen to this story from Dylan Goutreau. Definitely takes anxiety away, which I have a long history of. (laughs) having started out at two milligrams a day of Xanax that was at eight years old and so I stopped using benzos three years ago extremely difficult yeah so I spent about three years trying to find anything and everything I could that would be healthy for me um 
to help with anxiety because I'm talking, you know, full bull out panic attack. The the chill pill was the first thing that I've found that actually in the middle of a panic attack I can take and it definitely uh, subsides. Go to drseeds.com. That's D-R-S-E-E-D-S.com. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your first bottle of the chill pill. Check it out. I promise this is one supplement that delivers. This is the Superhuman Channel. Evolution just got kicked up a notch. Welcome back. We're talking with Dr. Brian Kennedy about a unique molecule molecule called uh, alpha-ketoglutarate and its effect on uh, aging, longevity, and health span. Uh, In rodents, it looks really good. So quick question, and then we've got some comments and questions we're going to put up. Um, So since the supplement was introduced at the equivalent biologic human age of around 50 years old to the rodents. Did the rodents that got the supplement, did they just stop aging per se and stay where they were, or did they actually start to develop more youthful, observable characteristics? Uh, some of both. Uh, and part of that is the time that we started. The, you know, at 18 months, some of these frailty measures are not observable yet. They don't start occurring until a little bit later. Uh, but a lot of the mice had gray hair and had lost their hair by 18 months. And actually, we saw uh, hair get restored and hair turn back to black. So uh, there's a, a lot of positive effects on skin condition, on, on hair in these animals. And, and uh, as I said, we're getting anecdotal data that that may be happening in humans as well. So uh, I think that's one case where we might be seeing reversal. So uh, Mark Morrison said, I dropped my biological age by seven years in under four months with Rejuvent. I plan on retesting again after seven months. Um, we Okay, so if I see my biological age change on a test, does that necessarily mean that I feel better, I notice anything, or not necessarily? I'd hope you'd feel better. Uh, you know, I think one other thing that you might find is that when you do exercise, you might find that it's easier to do or you can do it better. We've had some reports of that as well. Um, a lot of people report feeling better. I, I think that the challenge we have with that is that it's uh, um, very uh, minimal to people. Yeah. yeah, so uh, yeah. Uh, one thing that... Um, so that's why we like this methylation measure because it's a, a it's a discrete measure that we can see how that changes. And another thing that we're looking a lot at in the clinical studies is inflammatory factors. The data with CRP and some of these other inflammatory markers looks quite good uh, when we've serially tested in people that have been taking the, the rejuvenate uh, product. And uh, we hope we can recapitulate that in the controlled studies. So it's interesting because uh, right now we have uh – uh, population here in the United States, and I don't know if it's like this in, in Singapore or abroad, anywhere else that you, you keep tabs on, but um, neurodegeneration is a big problem. Sensory neurodegeneration shows up most often because people notice it as neuropathies and neuralgias, and now we know it's not diabetic in nature because we have people who have stable blood sugar and they're not obese, they don't have a lot of visceral fat, and they're getting numb in their hands and their legs. And mm-hmm. we know we know that it's small fiber related, so small fiber degradation because of blood flow. So the blood flow yeah. is cut off to the small fiber, the small fiber wilts and, and dies. And they're saying yeah. that the blood flow 
restriction is the result of inflammation of these very small microvessels. Do you think that yeah. th- this would have an application if it has that profound of effect on, on inflammatory response in the body? You know, they, they don't really call it aging anymore. They call it inflammaging. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Right. There's been, Claudio Franceschi coined that term. Uh, I think that um, there's hard to find a component of aging that isn't influenced in one way or another by inflammation. So anti-inflammatory uh, components are likely to have beneficial effects. Now, let me be clear. Um you need inflammation at times. You know, you, you need an acute inflammatory response when you get an infection. Everybody in Asia, where I am, is afraid of coronavirus right now. You need that inflammatory response to deal with it. Uh, the problem is that the levels of chronic inflammation are creeping up as we get older. And so the inflammatory response is on all the time, and that's what's driving a lot of these age-related pathologies. So keeping that chronic response down in a way that still allows you to turn on inflammation when you need it is really what we're aiming for. And, and I think that's true for a lot of aging pathways, if I can uh, diverge. Uh, you know, when you look at the TOR pathway, for example, it's not about turning the TOR pathway down, I think, as much as is suppressing the changes that are happening with age. So again, TOR needs to be off when you're fasting, when you're healthy, uh, and when you have a big meal or you cut your skin and in that region, you need to turn on the TOR pathway to uh, cause proliferation and, and, uh, and repair the damage. Um, the problem is that instead, especially in adult stem cell populations, we and others have shown that TOR signaling is going up with age and it's getting turned on when it shouldn't be turned on. The result of that is that it's driving loss of adult stem cells. And so rapamycin, we're not giving super high doses that suppress the ability to activate TOR after a meal. What we're largely doing is restoring that that dynamic range that you need in a useful that state. Oscillation. So, and that oscillation. And so there's so many good studies that show that there's a basal le- level of autophagy and then there's yeah. spikes in autophagy. And that yeah. basal level is very, very important as well. And that seems yeah. to get worse and worse and worse with age. So the amplitude of yeah. the spike becomes less and less and less. Yeah. And um, I, so I was texting with uh, Misha uh, Blagascloni about yeah. a month ago. And I said, Dr. Blagascloni, uh, you know, because I, 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 uh, I train hard. I'm 61 years old. Muscle is really yeah. important to me. I believe that muscle is metabolic currency and you fare better yeah. with muscle. And I know yeah, this, this product and this product aids in muscle. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And so yeah. I said to him, Misha, I said, if I, if I take, cause I take rapamycin twice a month, six milligrams and, yeah. and the half-life of rapamycin is approximately three days. So it yeah. actually affects, uh, mTOR for three days. I said, but if I'm eating 250 grams of protein, I'm getting high leucine. I'm getting a big impulse to turn mTOR on. Could the rapamycin actually keep mTOR turned off? Because, you know, it's like the net effect. If 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 the leucine is this and the rapamycin is this, I'm going to turn mTOR on. He said, you know, no one's looked at that. Yeah, no one. To my knowledge, no one's looked at it. So we don't even know. Like all these people that are out there taking daily metformin, but they're eating 250 grams of protein a day. The the driver of the protein may actually uh, nullify the effects of of the uh, 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 of the uh, uh, drug. Yeah, and I think that's one reason we need to start looking at combinations of interventions a lot more. I mean, we've been doing this with these supplements, and, and there are times when we find two things that work on their own, 
And then when you combine them together, you don't get a benefit anymore. And I can't always predict what they are based on the knowledge of those molecules. So people that are out there doing lots of different things, you know, I, 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 first of all, I want people to do safe things. <laughs> uh, but, but on top of that, if you start combining them together, it, it's a little bit unknown what's going to happen. And that, that goes with diet plus supplements as yes. well as different yeah. And that's why I, I actually extend my time-restricted feeding period the three days after I take my six milligrams of rapamycin. Yeah. So I don't want to compete with it. I actually cut my protein yeah. back. I cut my calories back on purpose. Okay, so when we talk about inflammation, we're talking about the immune system. Because the inflammation is the army of the immune system. It gets deployed. Yeah. And by the way, the analogy I love to use for chronic inflammation and healthy inflammation is you've got a gas stove and you cook eggs with it. The difference between that use of fire and your house is on fire is the example I like to give for healthy inflammatory yeah, response and chronic example. inflammation. But when we talk about inflammation, we're talking about the immune system because inflammation is the army of the immune system. When we talk about the immune system, we talk about the gut. Now, we know there's lots of interest on things that seem to increase and decrease what we think right now and we still don't really know. What are bad actors in the gut? What are good actors in the gut? Do we see any changes uh, in the microbiome, diversity, uh, or anything at all uh, when we start to supplement with, uh, with AKG? That's a question we're trying to ask right now. It's been shown in some published studies, though, that there are microbiome changes. In, and we think that there, there, a, a significant component of the effect could be through the microbiome because when you – take labeled AKG and put it in the mouse and see where it goes. Uh, you know, you see a lot of it in the gut, you see it in the small intestine, your stomach and the liver, but we're not seeing it uh, persist uh, in a lot of other tissues. And that suggests that the proximal effects uh, may be in those uh, immediate tissues, either in the bacteria in the gut or in the intestinal cells or in the liver. Uh, but it, when you look downstream and you look at, you know, fibroblast or muscle cells, we're seeing long-term beneficial changes. So that may suggest that there's a proximal effect on, on, on either the bacteria in your gut or the, 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 the intestinal cells. And that those metabolic changes that are happening are then protecting other tissues in the body secondarily. Um, I uh, want to, I want to put this up again real quick. For those of you just tuning in to the interview, uh, you can actually uh, go to getrejuvent.com. Use the code SHR. I, I thought it was an additional $10 off. I tested the I tested the coupon code earlier, but the commercial I'm running says 10% off. I'm, I'm going to have to check that and correct one or the other. But you get an additional savings above and beyond an already super reduced price to my audience only. Getrejuvent.com is just for this audience it's not indexed by Google. You won't get this deal. You're getting $50 off the price, plus you're going to get an additional either $10 or 10% off when you use the code SHR so that you can try this uh, for yourself. Uh, so check that out. We're going to take one quick commercial break. When we come back, I want to talk about muscle. I want to talk about uh, because that's something very sexy to my audience. We are all about gaining muscle, gaining strength, with play, which plays right into frailty. You know, when we, when we talk about that. Uh, so when we come back, we're going to talk about that. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. 
If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and have type 2 diabetes, $500,000 of term insurance should only cost about 100 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-352-9239. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. If you want affordable term life for you, call Big Lou at 800-352-9239. Lou is one of you and will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call Term Provider at 800-352-9239. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Call Term Provider, speak with Big Lou, and save on term life. Call 800-352-9239. 800-352-9239. Men and women, you've heard about hormone optimization. Do you feel like it's something you want to look into? RenewLifeRx.com is the place to start. Their doctors can help you with the solutions. RenewLifeRx.com has a simple process for lab work, consultation, and taking a deep dive into where your hormone levels can be improved. Superhuman radio listeners get 30% off your initial lab work and consultation. Go to RenewLifeRx.com to schedule your no-obligation phone consultation today. Feel younger, get in better shape, and be more productive at RenewLifeRx.com. Redcon One is one of the fastest-growing supplement companies in the world today. That's because they produce supplements that deliver on their promises. From their flagship pre-workout Total War to their innovative whole food MREs and bars, now you can get the deepest discount ever offered to any audience anywhere. Use code SHR and get 25% off all Redcon 1 products today. SHR and 25% off. Go to Redcon1.com. That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one, dot com. Do you remember those delicious toaster pastries you had when you were a kid? You know, the rectangular sugar-filled snacks? Well, guess what? Legendary Foods has just made low-carb toaster pastry. This is the first of its kind, and honestly, these things are amazing. They have three to four net carb, less than one gram of sugar, and nine grams of protein. You can eat them right out of the wrapper or lightly toast them. The only question is, which flavor? Strawberry or brown sugar cinnamon? They're available at eatlegendary.com and Amazon. Are you still on the fence about Body Protection Complex BPC Oral from DrSeeds.com? Listen to Maggie Kuhn, one of the owners of the C-Bus Lifting Company, Jim, in Columbus, Ohio. I had been having some nagging tendon issues that weren't injuries, just, just things that were annoying. You know, I'm 58 years old, so just older tendon kind of issues. For us powerlifters, you know, we really don't stop training when we have just nagging issues. We just kind of keep pushing through. And I started the BPC. What I noticed was I was was doing some heavy tricep stuff that um, that would have killed me um, before when I had an elbow problem, and I was able to do this with literally no pain at all. Go to drseeds.com, D-R-S-E-E-D-S.com. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your bottle of BPC, Body Protection Complex, today. Hey, this is Carl. For 14 years, you've heard me talk about Can-C eye drops, and they being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at now 61 years old. But I regularly get emails and messages from people who've been using can and having some amazing results. Recently, I got an email from a fellow named Chad who, because he was on dexamethasone eye drops for over six months, developed a cataract. Can-see eye drops actually reduced my cataract to the point where even my
my doctor has a hard time finding it. I will never stop using Cansee eye drops twice a day. I've been using them since 2008, he says. And you should be too. There is no better way to keep your eyes healthy and seeing clearly than Cansee eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com today and get on board, and we will both be looking into the future with very clear vision. This is the Superhuman Channel, where we use oxygen for the power of good. Welcome back. Uh, we have a question from Damian Perez we're going to ask in just a minute. So, Damian, sit tight. Um, let's talk about muscle. You know, muscle's really sexy. Uh, I want to stay as muscular and as strong as I can. And, in fact, after uh, you leave the show, I'm going to be talking about how my training is changing because I got mm-hmm. a real wake-up call the other day when I had blood work done and uh, my uh, pro BNP – so, so the scale of pro BMP was like one to 14 and mine was 460. And they said, Oh, you've got congestive heart failure. I says, no, I don't. I train really hard. And so, you know, Valsalva, there's a lot of pressure in my heart. And so I've had to take a few days off to get my blood tested again. But, and I'm going to talk about my training later, later in the show. But, um, what about muscle? How does AKG influence, uh, either new muscle acquisition and protein synthetic response or, you know, avoiding, uh, developing sarcopenia. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, we saw a reduction in frailty and that's associated with improved muscle function. One of the reasons you see the, don't see the kyphosis in these mice as they get older is because their muscle tone main, is maintains better. And that's one of the things that keeps them from giving that curved spine. So our indications are that we're, uh, reducing the onset of certainly measures of sarcopenia. Now, we again, we didn't go in and take sections of these mice, and that's the next step is to look histologically at the muscle and see what's happening. Um, the I, Just going back to what you were saying, though, I think muscle mass is really important. I mean, uh, especially with things like diabetes, if you look at people at the same level of obesity, if they have higher muscle mass, they're much more protected and Muscles are big consumers of energy, so if you're having excess energy and overnutrition, you, muscle mass is a good way to get rid of that excess energy. So um, I, I'm very supportive of the idea, of, especially through exercise, building muscle mass. Yeah, and but but this supports the protein synthetic response, does it not? I mean, this the, the AKG actually kind of helps along because you know you're looking at you're looking at energy, you're looking at the Krebs cycle, you're looking at yeah. uh, you know all this sort of stuff. And, and, you know, it takes energy to remodel tissue. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I think that's certainly a possibility. And we can't point to that directly at this stage, but it's certainly a possibility. You know, it's, it, muscle builders have taken AKG for a long time, usually in combination with amino acids after heavy workouts, to try to increase their uh, muscle mass accumulation. Uh, we haven't tested that directly. And that they take a different way than we suggest uh, through the through the rejuvenate, which is a, a, a two tablet lower dose every day, so I don't know how the dosing we're going to do is a, is affecting the acquisition of muscle mass. It's an interesting question, um, and uh, you know, one thing we should do is uh, do studies where we actually exercise the mice directly and see if they perform better or gain muscle mass quicker when when they're on the AKG. It's an, that's an interesting hypothesis. We don't know the answer. Interesting. So. Um Talking about dosing, the uh, doses used in the rodent study that achieved these results, is a single dose the human equivalent that 
I would be taking or someone who buys Rejuvent would be taking to achieve these results? Because quite often, scientific papers are published, but supplements come out and they're way underdosed from what was used in, in the science. Yeah. We're not way underdosed. Uh, we're a little bit less. but And I think it's a little bit hard to calculate because the way we had done the mouse studies is by putting AKG in the food. Uh, and so it's, it's dependent on how much food the mice eat, how much AKG they get. And uh, there's a reason for doing that. It's it's very hard to do oral gavage on the mice when you're doing it every day for, you know, it's 15 months. The mice tend to get tired of that. <laughs> so. And IP dosing where you inject it is not that easy either. So delivering it to the food or the water is a is a much easier way in long-term studies, but it also makes it a little bit harder to equilibrate it to the human studies. At 750 milligrams a day, we wanted to make sure we're safe, uh, and there are clinical studies out there at much higher doses that show safety with the AKG. And we also have a time-released version so that it's slowly released in, in the body throughout a long period of time after you take the tablets. And um, that may be very effective because it, it gets turned over relatively quickly as it's released. And so if it's being slowly released during yeah. a period of time, the effect may be better. So um, I can't say it's exactly equivalent dosing, but we chose a safe dose and it's certainly we think sufficient. To, to I'm, cur- I'm currently injecting 25 milligrams subcutaneously Four, day, four days a week of NAD+. Plus. I uh-huh. kind of feel like NAD+, plus and AKG may have some sort of synergistic uh, relationship, maybe? That's something that is a, a, a very interesting question, and uh, we don't know all the answers to that yet. Uh, they both are very similar in the sense that both of those molecules go down with age. They both participate in hundreds of metabolic reactions in the cell. They complement each other in terms of the Krebs cycle in certain ways. Uh, and so uh, whether they do similar things or, or, or do different things and have additive effects is a very interesting question right now. I think that, you know, looking at ways to supplement NAD through NR, NMN, uh, and the AKG, those are two of the most promising strategies right now. And, and at least in the mouse models, we're very happy with what AKG is doing. Uh, but it would be interesting to see if they're um, acting together in some way. So Damian Perez says, are there any restrictions for DNA tests based on the state you live in? I know New York has tighter restrictions. I think New York's restrictions on testing has to do with prescribing drugs like a hormone replacement therapy. I don't think that 23andMe can't market into New York. And and the, the tests that you guys are doing, you're just looking for methylation components, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would think that's not a problem, but I, I'm honestly not an expert on that. I'm sure if you send an email to the website, they can give you the answer on that. But I don't think there's any problem with specific states in the U.S. Okay. I Again, the website is getrejuvent.com. If you use the coupon code SHR, you'll save an additional amount. I'm not sure if it's $10 or 10%. Uh, but either way, an already reduced price for my audience of $50 for your first bottle so that you can get into this pretty quickly and pretty easily and, and try it and see for yourself. Thanks so much. I, you know, I didn't realize it was 1 a.m. in the morning. I thought it was like 1030 at night. So thank you very much. Uh, and I'm sorry for how crappy you're going to feel tomorrow. <laughs> no, I'll be fine. Don't worry. Anytime you want me, I'm here. Do you take it? I, I forgot to ask you. No, I- how long have you been taking it? I've been it? taking it. 
about uh, nine months now. So. You notice anything or you don't want to say? Uh, I certainly notice things. People are telling me my hair is getting darker. I don't, I have done no controls on that. The, uh, I, I do feel like my exercise is getting easier as well. Uh, but again, you know, I'm very sensitive to this, uh, this kind of thing. And that's why we really want to do these clinical studies because uh, I believe it's working, but I want to fail, be able to validate that. So you, you do test your, for methylation and have you tested it since you've been taking it? Actually, I haven't tested a follow-up. Yeah, because we got to find out what your biological age looks like. Come on, Doc. I know where it started, but I don't know where it is now. So you're like uh, you're like the you're like the mechanic whose car doesn't run. You know what I mean? You got to you got to give us this information. (laughs) Everyone lives forever in my family. I told you about my mother. Both my grandmothers lived to 100 or 199, 101. So it's uh, uh, we we've got lucky genes, I guess, at least for longevity. (laughs) <laughs> it's interesting because the Kennedy name in general, I mean, you know, Eunice, uh, uh, Shriver Kennedy or whatever, I mean, they, they tend to, they do live long lives. Uh, those that aren't, aren't met with accidents and stuff like that, I mean, but it's... it's <laughs> well, I, I'm not directly related, uh, full disclosure, but, you know, there, there may be something going... I mean, everybody at some level in Ireland is <laughs> related, so uh, there may be some something going on there. All right, look, thanks for being with us. Uh, We'll talk to you again soon, I'm sure. We're going to take one quick commercial break, and when we come back, uh, you're going to be subjected to listening to me talk about me, a favorite subject. Stay tuned. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Growing older. Sadly, for many, it can mean losing your independence and trading your home with a lifetime of memories for a bed in a lonely nursing home. But now there's Rejuvent, the science to resist aging. Each of us has two ages, a physical age and a biological one. We can't slow our physical age, but thanks to our breakthrough in longevity research, you can now take control of your biological age with Rejuvent Life Tabs, powered by Life AKG. Life AKG is critical for powering cellular energy, supporting detoxification, preserving DNA integrity, and lowering sources of oxidative stress. And that can mean more vitality and stamina in the years to come. Backed by over 20 years of research, Rejuvent is the science you need to resist aging. Rejuvent Life Tabs. It's about life. It's about health. It's about time. Hey, this is Carl. To learn more and save 10% off, go to GetRejuvent.com. That's Get R-E-J-U-V-A-N-T dot com. Use the code SHR and get 10% off your first order. Check it out. You've heard about blood flow restriction training since 2006 on SHR, but you're still on the fence. Well, here's the push. BFR is more effective at building muscle than anabolic steroids. That's right. I went there, but it's because it's the truth. My experience with the B-Strong blood flow restriction system is proof to me, and now I'm asking myself why I waited so long. You'll see undeniable changes in the targeted muscles in days and weeks like nothing you've ever tried before. I will never stop using them. Give Be Strong a try. Go to B-S-T-R-O-N-G dot training forward slash super hyphen human and use code SHR for 10% off. Quest Nutrition makes bars, cookies, chips, and pizzas out of complete dairy-based proteins. Our products minimize net carbs and sugar without sacrificing taste. Each delicious chocolate-flavored chip 
Cookie Chunk and Crunchy Crumble is custom made to maintain Quest macros. It's time to enjoy foods that work for you, not against you. It's time to enjoy your Quest. New Mass Pro Synthogen X2 just upped its own legendary game. To distance itself even further from the rest of the pack, Synthogen X2 now has double the key active ingredients. If you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like, Synthogen X2 delivers. See why others compare it favorably to powerful bodybuilding drugs at Synthogen.com. Mass Pro Synthogen. When you train with it, you'll gain with it. Do you remember those delicious toaster pastries you had when you were a kid? You know, the rectangular sugar-filled snacks? Well, guess what? Legendary Foods has just made low-carb toaster pastry. This is the first of its kind, and honestly, these things are amazing. They have three to four net carb, less than one gram of sugar, and nine grams of protein. You can eat them right out of the wrapper or lightly toast them. The only question is, which flavor? Strawberry or brown sugar cinnamon? They're available at eatlegendary.com and Amazon. You've heard me talk about the chill pill on the show and how effective it is at helping people who suffer from social anxiety or sometimes when you just want to take the edge off uh, to a long, stressful day. Well, listen to this story from Dylan Goutreau. Definitely takes anxiety away, which I have a long history of. Having started out at two milligrams a day of Xanax, that was at eight years old, and so I stopped using benzos three years ago. Extremely difficult. Yeah, so I spent about three years trying to find anything and everything I could that would be healthy for me um, to help with anxiety. Because I'm talking, you know, full bull out panic attack. The the chill pill was the first thing that I've found that actually, in the middle of a panic attack, I can take, and it definitely uh, subsides. Go to drseeds.com. That's D. R-S-E-E-D-S.com. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your first bottle of the Chill Pill. Check it out. I promise this is one supplement that delivers. This is the Superhuman Channel. Evolution just got kicked up a notch. Welcome back. So I kind of alluded to this yesterday. I posted a bunch of studies that show... um, Markers typically associated with poor health uh, that are elevated in athletic types. But at the same time, I got I to think about myself. So my pro-BNP, so pro-BNP is a protein that's produced by the heart when it's struggling. The reason that this is a marker for heart failure <laughs> is because most people are sitting down all day long and they develop this protein because the heart is having trouble. In my case, I know what it is. You know, Valsalva, moving heavy weight. And, you know, I don't think I'm the smartest guy in the world when it comes to managing myself. I'm really good at telling people what to do, but I'm really bad at following my own advice. So, you know, since I've been training, look, when I had the foot surgery in 2018, I didn't stop training. I just couldn't train legs or I just trained the right leg and upper body. I've really never taken any lengthy time off since 2002. Um, I'm not suggesting I'm going to take any lengthy time off, but what I, what I am doing is literally uh, challenging my body every day and pushing it to limits that it's really not prepared for. That's the key here. So in 2018, because of my foot surgeries, I, I was doing some bicycle cardio But then that fell apart, and I really wasn't doing any cardio. And the truth is, I haven't really been doing cardio since 2018. Here it is, the beginning of 2020. 
and we've talked about this on the show, the changes in eccentric versus concentric uh, hypertrophy of the heart. You know, uh, all I'm doing is lifting, so all I'm doing is training this part. I'm not doing any cardio, so I'm not training this part. And I'm showing signs of that. Um, the range for pro BNP is like 1 to 14, and mine was like 400 and something, which if I really had congestive heart failure, <laughs> I would be dead. I don't have congestive heart failure. But that makes begs the question, what am I doing? Why am I making my heart work so hard? And it's not that I need to train less intense, but I need to start making cardio more important than lifting right now. When I first started this journey at 39 years old, when I was diagnosed with my problems and I was 330 pounds and I was diabetic and my dyslipidemic and all that other stuff, all I did in the beginning, I bought a bicycle, I started riding, and I started walking around the neighborhood. And then I slowly started to ride my bicycle to a gym, but I wasn't doing any advanced lifting like I'm doing now. I went in like the average person. I just pushed weight, you know, really didn't, you know, I did this, did that, did that, but I didn't leave the gym feeling like I just crushed myself like I do now and I have for the past close to 20 years. I need to go back to the basics. I need to go back. So what happened was over the course of years, I built up layer by layer, strata by strata, on the previous level of strength and conditioning. And cardio was always part of it. I either did cardio uh, before or after training, or I did it on a separate day. But I, I, And when I lived in Arizona, I walked everywhere. I walked to the gym. I walked back. I, I, mean, I walked to the gym, trained legs, and then walked home. My legs felt fantastic the next day, probably from the walking. But the point is, there was an organic progression in my strength and my conditioning that allowed me to become stronger and stronger and handle more weight and do all the things that I wanted to do. Then in 2018, I get derailed. In 2019, I just come back and I want to jump right back in over here. And I did. And the reality is that was a very stupid thing to do. So now, in the beginning of 2020, I need to go back to basics. So right now, three days a week is my training. And here's how it's going to go. Cardio two days, one day, lifting, and I'm not going to lift with the intensity that I have been. I'm going to start down lower. I need to, you know, it's, it's like if you're, if you're driving a stick shift car, you don't try to start off in third. You start off in first. You gradually accelerate until it comes time that you have to shift to second and so on. What I've effectively done is I've started off in fourth. So now I got to go back and downshift and go back to first gear. And stay there for a while. And it's the hardest thing in the world for me. You have no idea. In the mornings, I'm getting up and I'm walking around the neighborhood and I want to go to the gym. I want to go push. I want to press. I want to pull. And I have to tell myself, no, there'll be time for that. I'm just going to lift two days a week right now. And I'm not going to do anything intense. No more static holes. No more negatives, which I've been doing. I mean, I do all these advanced things. I'm not ready for it. And I'm disrespecting the process. I'm disrespecting the process by thinking that just because I've been strong before that I can just go back in there and pick up where I left off. This is a very stupid thing to do. And I'm stupid for doing it. So now I go back. 
I'm going to start walking. That's going to be my priority. And that's it. And I may do that for a few months. And when I feel ready, then I may start lifting a little bit heavier. But I'm going to take it very, very slow this time. Because what I've done to myself, look, if my pro BMP is that high, maybe my heart's just not really ready for that level of work. Now, I have plenty of studies. I put them up from yesterday's show. You can go click them. That show, pro BMP and and athletes is always elevated after strenuous exercise. And that's what happened to me. I had blood work done the following morning after a three-day, everyday Full body, giant sets, and everything else. Uh, three days in a row. By the third day, I'm crushed. I'm overtrained. And then the next morning, I had blood work done. And sure, it looks like I have congestive heart failure. Um, there were some other things that were uh, out of whack, too. My creatinine levels were high. Well, I supplement with creatine. I'm breaking down muscle. Of course, they're going to be high. So I'm taking off a few days completely. Going to have my blood work done again. I'm sure I'll pass with flying colors. But that's a wake-up call to me. For some reason, I think that I can get by doing the things that I would not tell other people to do. And that's really a problem for me. How about BFR training? Yes, yes. I'm going to exclusively be doing BFR training on the two days I lift. So I'm going to be using less weight. And I'm even walking with my BFR bands to increase uh, the, the, the blood uh, restriction in the legs while I'm training to ha- actually give me more of a pump, and it works great. I think everybody should put BFR bands on and walk. It's the best way. It's like a squat session, but without all the weight on your back. Uh, and actually, BFR bands will actually reduce um, excuse me, the pressure on the heart. So there's that as well. But yes, Holly, you're right. I am. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm going to just do strictly walking and BFR-type exercises for the next few months. I'm going to focus on leaning back out again and just feeling good. Because after three days of continuous training, I sleep like crap that night, that third night. I sleep horrible. Of course, I'm literally inviting overtraining. And even though I'm eating enough calories at my age... It doesn't work the same as if I was 30 or 40. So this is a wake-up call for me. Let it be a wake-up call for you. Downshift once in a while. Don't be afraid you're going to lose your gains. I haven't lost any muscle in the past four days that I've taken off. It's not like as though you're going to shrink and shrivel up. And the truth of the matter is I could probably maintain this muscle, even continue to grow more muscle by training two days a week whole body and walking more. And I'm going to start focusing on conditioning more than strength. So if you're like me and you tend to overdo everything, ask Elisa, I overdo everything. I do nothing to moderation, which is not a good thing. It'll probably be my demise someday. But if you're like me, uh, think about downshifting for a while and allowing your body to enjoy itself uh, before you start crushing it again. And that's really the, the message I want to give everybody today. Uh, because um, I, I don't want to stroke. I don't want to have a heart attack. I don't want to do any of these stupid things just to prove that I'm strong. I'm not willing. I, I've, I've lifted the weight. I've, I've done the things. I've hit the PRs. I'm very proud of the level of strength that I developed. But now i got to finish the race. 
That's the important thing, finishing the race. That's it for today. Tomorrow I'll have uh, Ronnie Milo on. We have a great episode of the Renew Life Rx show. And Friday we have a pep talk that you're going to want to not only listen to but share around if you suffer from seasonal affective disorder or, or, or frank uh, uh, depression because there are peptides and protocols to use those peptides that can actually solve your depression problems. And Dr. Betsy Earth is going to be on Friday to deliver that uh, to the audience. So we've got two more great shows this week. Stay with us. Share the shows, please. Help us build the audience. Not because I'm going to make more money, but the reality is the desire to reach people and give them answers and solutions that help them live longer and stronger is the only reason why I'm here. That's the only reason why I'm here. Uh, So please share some shows, and we'll see you tomorrow with more Superhuman Radio. Thank you for listening today.